The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Rameen. If you or someone you are close to is dealing with addiction, there are so many programs out there that can help you. But how do you gauge which ones are going to work the best for you? Some are expensive, some deal with some of the issues, but don't get to the heart of the matter. Others treat the problem at a basic level, but don't determine ultimate success. Join us now for an hour that sets out to be truly groundbreaking and will help you discover how to find the best program for your addiction problem. Now, here is Ross Rameen. Hi, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. We're coming to you from the Rebos Treatment Center here in Los Angeles, California. Um, we appreciate you being here. We have another episode of our client files going on this week. Uh, we have Angel. Angel is 25 years old, and he is uh, he did suffer from meth, booze, coke, and um, a little bit of heroin, and he's coming up on a year of sobriety coming up in February. Um, Angel, thanks for coming to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me here. You got it, man. Um Angel, you and I were talking before we start, before we went on the air today, and just like all the all the people that I bring on here, um, you know, with the clients and so on and so forth, I don't get too much information from them, and I just, you're 25 years old, yes, and you've been through six treatment centers, and how long, what was the time span, when, when did you first try to get sober? I first tried getting sober at 21. 21. 21, I'm 25 now. Yeah. What, how? When you got sober or tried to get sober at 21, was that your own doing or was your family, you know, basically, you know, <laughs> putting a gun to your head like, hey, <laughs> pretty much do it. <laughs> exactly. oh. the, the first time I, I ever went to treatment was uh, my family wanted me to go. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they said, if, if you go to treatment, we'll help you with this. You can stay at the house and we'll help you with whatever you need a knife. What was going on? Why, why did they... Why, why did they come to you at 21 in sick? At uh, 21, it took them a while because they were scared of me, of, of my addiction that I was in. Like, what uh, do you mean scared of you? They scared me cause, because of my addiction transformed me into somebody that I did not know. I didn't even know myself. Who were you? Don't know. That's the thing, you know. Um, meth had transformed me into a whole different person. I was weighing about, I'm, on, I'm about 220 right now. Uh-huh. So if you do the math, I was down to... Um, about one, 150, 155. Nice. You know, so I was sucked up from head to toes. You know, my parents were, were scared for me. I, I thought I looked good. Nothing was going on, you know. And um, one night, like, I was I was home, and, and they came back from Costco. So what happens to be, my dad called me over the phone. He's like, if you want to look for a treatment center over the phone, and I'll look for one. And somehow, by the by the grace of God or something, you know, um, he gets home, and and as soon as he shows me his phone, I show him mine. We have the same treatment on the same phone. Really? You know, so it's just like that gave me a bit more willing to, to go to to detox, residential, the whole nine yards. How much were you? How much you you started with meth? Started with meth. That was your that was your introduction. How did you get introduced to meth? Uh, I have uh, older cousins. Uh huh. You know I mean, like uh, my family, I'm probably the youngest one. Uh huh. And uh, they were partying at that moment. I was probably 14. They were 16, 17. So they, they'll do some meth and then they'll go smoke some weed and like have a good time. So growing up, seeing all that, it was like, yo, like that I want in, not knowing where it was going to take me. And it, it took, it took a, it took a hard turn. What? I mean, you're 14 years old and you're smoking meth. I was snorting it. Snorting I it. I started snorting it. What makes a 14 year old want to, I mean, were you just following, like playing follow the leader, so to say? I, I mean, was, I mean, but why? At 14, I mean, you know, we we hear about people doing drugs and this and that at, at older ages, but at 14 to do meth, I mean, meth is pretty, I mean, yeah. most kids, was that your first drug you ever tried or did uh, you smoke weed first? First, it was uh, natural. It was alcohol, weed, cocaine, and then meth. But so, it, it all happened around the same age. You know so, I mean? at 14, you're smoking weed? Yeah. Drinking? Drinking, cocaine. Wow. What was this, eighth grade? 
about eight going into ninth grade. Wow. You know, and um, the the main reason I did is because growing up, I, I come from a very a background that I'm not ashamed of. We come from poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, to very grateful to uh, my dad had to do what he had to do and and work a, a like. 16 hour shift job like every, almost every day to give us what we wanted yeah so my main reason to use was because i wanted love from my family and i couldn't find it so i found that love with drugs and so you wanted love from your family that you couldn't get exactly so you went to the drugs to get the love yeah um I mean, just because your dad was working sixteen hours a day, your yeah. mom, your mom's, Ma- you're both your parents married still? Oh uh, yeah, they're still married. Yeah, mom and dad worked a lot. Just uh, they're killing themselves. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't they weren't giving you the love. They were just they're trying to provide. Yeah. You know, so just what any good parent would want. <laughs> exactly, but us as kids, we see it different. Yeah. You know, uh, the the way they show us our uh, their love was by giving us everything that they didn't have. Hmm. So growing up, I had it very easy. I was a first generation born here in the, in the States. You know, um, my father's an immigrant. Wow. He has all his paperwork now and everything. My mom was born here. Wow. But being the oldest son, uh, I got away with so much stuff. You know, my dad caught me smoking weed. She just gave me a slap in the hand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he really can't tell me nothing because I seen the lifestyle he was living. And, you know, it just... What do you mean the life cycle that he was living? Like, I seen him... I. The earliest memories I remember is like him being in car clubs with the girls half naked mm-hmm. around. Um, growing up, we always had jet skis and boats and stuff like that. And um, they always have like a, a group of girls with them. But wait, you grew up in poverty. How, how do you have all these uh, boats during, and jet skis? During this time period, my dad took a, a turn. Um, I don't know what he did. But like from stories that I've heard from his parents and my mom's parents, like he did what he had to do to get out of poverty. Until he found a legit job, at, you know, now he works for an aerospace company. Got it. You know, and um, so I was introduced to girls, drugs, and all that at an earlier age. You know, it's just, towards the beginning, I didn't really want to say it because, like, I'm kind of, like, not ashamed of it, but, you know, but it is what it is. It's your story. I agree, you know, and it only makes it better. No, it's your story, and it's, it's you know, we, have, we both have stories in our lives. I call them chapters because you have a book. Exactly. Your life is a book, and it's broken down into chapters. I have a book; it's broken down into chapters, not mm. like a physical book, but like, <laughs> but that's how I look at our lives. Yeah. There's chapters in it, and there's those are chapters. You're not gonna, you know, if you get married someday, you're not gonna talk about that stuff the same way you would talk about your wedding day, or if you have babies, or wh- whatever it is. But it's it's still yours. You don't have to be ashamed of it. Uh, Definitely exactly. not. You know, it's just uh, growing up, just seeing, as a little kid, seeing things I shouldn't have seen. Yeah. You know, exposed to that life. You know, and um, but unfortunately, I, I chose drugs over everything. Mm. All because I, I all I wanted from my parents was I love you. Yeah. And they didn't know how to show it because in my family, the way they were raised, they showed you that by saying there's food on the table for you. You know what? We love you. Mm-hmm. That's how they show it or by um, buying you things with what they can, you know. And um, but growing up in school and going through like as far as I can remember elementary school middle school I'll see other parents giving their, their kids a, a kiss on the cheek and saying I love you mm-hmm. and I'll see you when you get home I have my whole life my 25 years of life I wanted that yeah and it, it, that's all I was in search for and I couldn't get it I I fell in love with drugs it got me away from that pain you know and it's just it, it sucks seeing other kids with their parents and, and having that relationship you know, mo- most kids have that relationship with their parents where, like, they could talk to them about anything. I didn't, you know. My parents were always too busy. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, at the time, I, I I was angry at them for it. But now, I, as I got older, I understand. As I, as have I, you forgiven them? I have. Have you? It was it was not more much of their fault, but it was mine. You know, when I... What do you mean? Because I was looking at all the negativity. The... the you can, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The greed, in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I was being greedy because I wanted, I wanted, but I wasn't seeing what, what they were going through. Yeah. How hard it was for them. And it wasn't until I asked my dad. You didn't look at both sides of the street. Exactly. You were looking at one side of the street, yeah. not the other. Exactly. I was just looking at mine. There's two stories. <laughs> exactly, you know. And it's not until I got older about maybe this time coming in treatment this last time where I actually told my father, I'm like, why can't you show me this love? Why can't you tell me I love you? And he gave me... Th- 
the best answer ever. What do you say? He's like, how do you want me to show you something that your grandparents did not show me? And that, that broke me down into tears. I cried. I felt like a piece of shit son. More of our more than I already did because he's of just my doing what he how he was raised he exactly how he was taught and then it, it, it sucked I felt I felt bad I, I gave them so much shit during my whole life because because of it during my addiction I told him like You're you just wrote him yeah I tried writing that to the wheels fall off you know and I told him you're a piece of shit dad wow you giving me everything but what I wanted you didn't give it to me so you're, that's how I see it. You know, so those are things that I cannot take back, but only showing them, showing them now what I'm doing is how I'm paying them back. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, it's just, there's times I'm left speech just because of it. Well, how's your relationship with your parents now? My relationship with my parents now, it's the best than I ever, the best. Like, I can't, you know, it's like. That's amazing. Because coming back into treatment this last time and, and actually focusing on what, what I really wanted, like now I have a conversation with my with my dad and my mom. Yeah. Where to like be, now they beat me to it. They before they hang up the phone, they're like, We love you. And I'm like, God damn it, you beat me to it. You know, so now at this age I'm having it and I'm seeing things as things happen for a reason. When it's the right time, the right moment, things will happen in your life. And for some reason it happened at twenty five. And wow. that's right time, uh, right moment, I'm writing that down. Yeah, you know, it's just by the grace of God, like the positivities and the way I changed my life around is just something that I'm in debt for life. And I don't mean that in a bad way. In debt to who? In debt to, in debt to, not to myself, but with the program that I'm working for giving me my life back, you know? And, um, like I went through many. But did the program give you your life back, or did you get? Are you giving it to yourself? I want to make sure you're giving yourself the credit that you deserve. I am, but I because also, what? Let me ask you this: What's the what? You know, everybody says I'm working my program. Yeah. What is working the program to you? Working the program to me means actually getting to know myself. What are my character defects? Who is Angel in the inside, and not this person that he pursues to show in the outside? Like on the outside, I used to be. I used to think I was this tough kid that no emotions, no sympathy, anything. Just mm-hmm. rocked out from reality. Yeah. You're flatline. So, exactly. To where like to where inside I actually know I have empathy. I'm caring, I love I love to help other people out. But because of the roots I came from, we do not show those kind of emotions. Mm. You know, like I was raised in a Mexican heritage. Mm-hmm. So we're taught to work, come home, and same thing every the next day, you know? Yeah. And show no pain. And and I kept that for a while, and then it's not till I started working the program where it actually teaches me and shows me how is it that by me changing into the person that I really know I am is going to help me in the future. You know, so now I don't have to carry that weight around and be like, put this whole persona that I'm not. You know, now it feels good to be who I'm meant to be in this world. Yeah. You know, like uh, now I'm happy. I, I'm able to like I go to meetings and I hug other guys. Yeah. You know, the, as weird as that sounds. You no, know? <laughs> but you're pumped up. Yeah. You're pumped up. I I just want to make sure that you're giving yourself the, such the credit for it. I mean, the program is one thing, but to me, what program? And I actually wrote it down on here the other day. I wrote down um. The program is the application of steps to your in your daily life. Exactly. So, you know, and how you're doing it. It's like when people come up to me and say, "Thank you so much for for my giving me my sobriety for running this treatment center." I, I look at them. I go, "I've met you once. You know, I haven't done anything for you. You know, yeah. this is you. You walked in the door every single day." Exactly. Um, but at the same time, like talking about this treatment that that I'm at right now, like. By you, by the help that you provided, yeah. By by your your team that you have, and the special people that you've created in order to run this company as it's running. Mm-hmm. The different the difference between having a spiritual counselor, a primary therapist, and so on and so on, having up to five of them, it's just it really breaks it down. It really gets your eyes open, and understanding like why am I here? Why yeah. am I doing this? And without the without the extra help, that's why like one of the times I want to credit myself for it. When on reality, I actually didn't do it by myself. 
as much as I want to take credit for that. Mm -hmm. I had people that were along my side of my battlefield to help me fight through this. Yeah. You know. It's pretty cool, man. You've been a long way so far. Yeah. Coming out a year? On a year. Valentine's Day. <laughs> kind of weird, but yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. I got 11 months right now, and I'm... You I nervous about a year? I am. Really? I honestly am. I was scared shitless. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, man. So. I was terrified. One through five, I used to not... My wife would bring it up. Oh, you, you know, your, your sober birthday's coming up. You know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm <laughs> Let's not talk about it. It would give me such anxiety that I was so nervous to jinx it. I, yeah. be, I became so superstitious about it. Just like... You know, on every aspect of it, it was so fragile to me, I felt. Mm -hmm. um, and it was weird. After five, though, I really, um, I don't know. After five, it calmed down for me. And more, it was like I was more pumped up. I could talk about it a lot freer. But So you how know, did you do it to get, to get through the first year? What did I do? Yeah, like you know, you're saying you feel anxiety and anxious and all this building up. I just wrote it because part of it is what it is. I mean, there was a certain amount of, I mean, every day there was, there was, I was anxious and I was filled with anxiety. And, you know, I was going to three meetings a day, you know, six, six through 12 months. Yeah. I was going to two to three meetings a day. And it was because of girls I was dating or life, what was going on. My roommates are relapsing left and right. My sober living manager, I caught him smoking crack. I mean, it was just like, it was one thing after another. I mean, exactly. if there was a definitely, you know, a devil and a devil and a, and a God, you know, devil and an angel on yeah. your shoulder, they were, they were going at it. It was spiritual warfare. Faster and forth. You know, we're going to take a quick break real quick. And then we're going to come back and I want to talk more about that, of what goes on in the first year for you. And and then also what keeps you motivated on a daily basis. All right. Sounds Thanks, good. everybody, for joining us. We're talking with Angel. He's 25 years old. He's coming up on a year of sobriety. And we're going to find out more from him and what it takes to get be sober for one year. Um, it's a huge accomplishment. So we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the power to create yourself with ross ramin to find out more about ross and the program visit the rebos treatment center website at rebostreatment.com now back to the power to create yourself hi welcome back to the show this is ross ramin um we are coming to you from the rebos treatment center here in los angeles california if you want to hear more about what we do here at Rebos, you can go to rebostreatment.com. That's R-E-B-O-S treatment.com. Um, and you can check us out. Um, if you have any questions for me, you can always email me at ross at rebostx.com. I'd be happy to um, chat with you anytime. We're chatting with Angel today, who's um, he's coming on a year of sobriety. And we were just talking, Angel, about what the first year is like and just during that break, I was just sitting there thinking about it. And it's like, 
<laughs> you know, I, I'm coming on ten. In June, I'll have ten years, and uh, you know, and I, I'm I'm not just saying this because we're we're on the radio right now. I'm saying this because it's like you don't think about certain things. Like I kind of remember my first year, and I you know I glaze over it, but yeah. I was just thinking about it. What I mean. People that don't get what we go through a year, who cares, you know? It is so massive of what has been accomplished. Think about it. In a year, you have not wavered enough to fall back to use. Exactly. So it's not like, you know, weight loss, okay? Let's say, you know, we can compare ourselves to weight loss. But the thing is, is like people... I, I need to lose 20 pounds, five pounds. It doesn't matter. What hundred pounds, yeah. one pound. Every single day, if you go back far enough, you're literally one, maybe two bad decisions from a trip, as I like to say, to Bangkok. Pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to walk such a narrow and straight line on a daily basis just to keep it, keep your eye on the game, eye on the prize, you know, what yeah. it is. So it is it is such an amazing thing to be able to say that you have for almost a year coming up here that you have not wavered even enough to fall back at all. Exactly. You've maybe wobbled a little bit like on a balance beam. Yeah. But you've caught yourself. Exactly. I was I tripped many times but God will not let me fall. Yeah. And that's one of my biggest things that keep me going. No, that's a beautiful thing to say, but it's true. Yeah. People don't get it. It's like when I get a, every year, I get a new. When I get a new year of sobriety, it is just it is so. It's absolutely overwhelming to me. Yes. It's so difficult because I look at what happened to me in my first year. My first year, I went through my first three months were in treatment. Then I got fired from a job that I literally I was doing the right thing, and I got fired uh, for doing the right thing. Uh, I won't go into what that is now, but I did the right thing. Um, I, my girlfriend at the time, she was literally doing drugs in front of me. Um, my, my sober living manager slash owner disappeared on us for four or five nights, like gone. He gave me the credit card and says, just buy some pizza for the guys. I'm going to go down. I'm, he was a, you know, Jewish guy. He goes, I'm going to go down to the synagogue tonight, Never do this up. thing. Dude never showed up. <laughs> he called me up four or five. No, he showed up four or five days later. Yeah. I heard him come in the back door and he was like, he was all jacked up. Like he's been smoking crack for four days. Um, did that go on? I moved to another sober living house where I got like basically verbally abused by the guy that ran that house. He's a great guy now. And we were just bad timing, you know, so I had no disrespect towards him. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what was going on there. Girlfriends are relapsing, blood, all this. It was just like, what is going on? And then I remember when I got my year, I invited six people to come to my birthday. Mm. Like, you know, to take a coin up on stage. Yeah. Okay. And AA, every one of them canceled. Wow. Every single one of them canceled on me. I was like, this this is this is the worst. I I don't think I've ever even told anybody that. I mean, since then. Yeah. Every single person that I invited to take to give, you know, to to do it called me up that day and said I can't come because of this or because of that, you know, kids, this whatever it was. So so what made you keep going after that? You know, I um. Same thing that kept me going every other day. I just did not want to be. I I didn't want to be sick anymore. I just knew that this there was something more. I'd seen enough positive stuff, and I had a, enough of a kind of a good ego and enough of kind of good cockiness that, like, I'm not going to let this get me down. But there's the old Ross that was very um, – was like, I could totally milk the hell out of this. Exactly. Um, but I had two women um, – I went to another meeting. It was about a week later, and they um, – they, I raised, you know, they said anybody in their, you know, a year and I raised my hand and they looked at me and go, wow, you didn't, when did you take a cake? I go, you know, so they gave me a cake at this meeting and then they took me out for sushi. One of them took me out for sushi afterwards. And she just said, um, she said to me, she goes, you're going to go for two. And I think, yeah. Um, and I didn't know this lady very well. She turned out to be a pretty good friend of mine, but it was really, um, I don't know. It's just, it was really kind of proof early on that no matter what happens in this world, that's why I don't like one day at a time. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't – one day at a time – and this might kind of rub some people wrong, but 
one day at a time, one day at a time worked really well in my first 30 days because I, I mean, forget about one day. That was a long time, like six hours at a time I had exactly. to do, but then I came to one day at a time. But then one thing I noticed, and I don't know if you think of this, but I went out after one bad day. I could have, I had like 60 days of just awesomeness. And then one bad day, I was like, screw it. I'm out. Yeah. I, 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 a case of the ethics <laughs> as they call it, yeah. you know? And I just remember saying that I was like, that's when I broke it up into quarters. I do it three months at a time. Cause mm-hmm. it's like how I run a business. Um, you look at your numbers every three months. Um, uh, that's how I do it. And so I look at it and I look at this as a spiritual problem. I came into the program spiritually bankrupt and I got into this program to become spiritually profitable on a daily basis. And I'm going to, you know, as I like to say, somebody's going to give you the finger on the way to work when you're at a stoplight. Exactly. You know what? Um, six people are not going to show up for you someday. They don't. Yeah. You can't have that pity party. But that's what kept me going. It just, I don't want to, end of the day, I don't want to be who I used to be. Exactly. You know? I don't know. Who, the old angel, what would he do? What would, what would the old angel do as opposed to what this angel that I'm in front of me? Uh, to be 100% real with you right now. If I was to focus on this time on the old angel with the new one, the old angel will be dead. You know, um, the reason why the lifestyle I was living, you know, um, the old angel didn't care about anybody. The old angel used to tell his mom and dad, I'm dying tonight. You're not seeing me tomorrow. Opposed to, to the new angel where, where I'm more sensitive. Mm-hmm. I'm more open-minded. And most of, most important of all, I'm aware. What locks you up now, though? What is, what's one thing that, is there, is there one, maybe there's 10 things, I don't know. What blocks you up on a daily basis that, well, what's your, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm almost 10 years straight, but there, I still got a handful of things that, you know, that ruffle my feathers pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, what, what, um, right now in this, in this year, what is, what's getting you kind of blocked up at times and what are you kind of working for towards year two? You know, right now the thing that has me kind of blocked up, um, the main issue of, uh, or not even an issue, I shouldn't even put it that way, is my mother's sickness. You know, my mom has a couple of different types of cancer mm. and it's a battle that I fight within myself every day. You know, um, it's, it's, a uh, it's, I don't want to say one of the reasons, but one of the facts that I used to go out. One of the facts why I really wanted to get high after I found out. You know, um... Why? How, how would that help her by you going out? Because, um, after I found out and actually paying attention to her and seeing her in pain and not being able to wake up or get up from bed, it was, it was destroying me more in the inside. So, I was, I was getting greedy enough to be, I want to die before she does. So, I wouldn't have to go through the pain. You know, and um, I used to tell my, myself to that every time. I used to say to my family members, I want to die before my mother dies. No disrespect. That's really, that's really selfish. It is, you know. and Instead of wanting to help your mom, exactly. you were trying to jump ship on her. I was, I was trying to, I was trying to die. And whatever happened after, I wasn't here anymore, you know. Let them deal with it. Greedy, greedy as fuck. Didn't care about them or anything. You know, this pain was, was greater than myself. Uh, um, also my addiction because of my addiction uh, my mother's mom telling me I'm the reason she's dying built more into it having other family saying just pouring gas on the fire exactly and as soon as I was hearing that from other family members it's just it's like what the fuck like you raised me when I was younger mm-hmm. you were you fed me and this is how you want like you never say that to us to somebody's son yeah you know and um it wasn't until it was just as I speak about it now, it hurts to be honest. That I was that t- that son, you know. And um, the new angel now allowed allowed himself to be there for his mother. Yeah. Allowed himself to be there for his father because they're both sick, you know. And um, but the greatest gift of all that I'm very grateful for is them having their son back. Mm. Them actually seeing the son that they wanted, and the one that they wanted to achieve much more and much more better than them to achieve stuff in life better than them and but like like as i say here like the first year it's, it's been rough i'm not gonna lie like people out there that don't understand it's just once we once we start using we just 
we can't stop. It hasn't been proven why is it that we do this. You know, it's or that I know of. And it's just what happened to you for the day that you were like, I'm not doing this. I mean, you've been through six treatments, so why is this one have you ever had this much time? Uh, to be honest, I've had about this much time, but I, I did not work in honest. I did not. I wasn't open. It was a like shallow that. sober. Yeah. I, just, I gave them what they wanted. So on the day, I'm not I'm not willing to believe it, no matter what you tell me, that on the day, you know, you know, a year, let's just pretend you have a year right now. So a year ago, um, you know, nine or 11 months and change ago, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it, you were like, day one, let's do this, you know, rock and roll. I, when did this kick in for you? When were you like, you know what? I'm going for a year. Can, can you, well, let me ask you this, and I'm not here to spook you out. Can you see yourself sober for the rest of your life? To be honest, no. Okay, that's good. Uh, well, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I get it, because yeah, I was the same way. Exactly. When were you down with, like, I'm going to give this an honest shot this time? When, how many days into this were you, or months? Um, coming in this last time and going into a detox facility, um, I, as much as I didn't want to be there, but knowing that one day I'm not going to be able to pay for, for this help myself, mm. you know, so I, I told myself and I committed to myself and, and I promised myself, I told, I'm like, I'm going to do a year. And if, once I accomplished that year, if I don't like the change in me or the things I've accomplished, then by all means, I, like drugs and alcohol will always be waiting for me out there Yeah, for any of us, you know? Nothing like like six in San Pedro where where most of us are come from, you know. And it's just no matter if I if I put a pause into into my addiction, like it's always in the back, right? They're just waiting, hanging out. When we come back, nothing changes over here. But our other side changed everything. And to be honest, like I'm happy I committed to almost this year. I'm happy that I promised myself and I actually kept it for the first time. And you know, on February 14th, I'll make that decision if I want to continue the life that I'm living now or go and and pick up right where I left off yeah. from my other life. You know, nothing like addicts that get to live two lives in one lifetime. You know, so I, I have this great this great opportunity that I'm, I'm loving right now, the, the clean, sober, everything. No drugs, no medication, none of it. You know, I you're organic. It. Yeah, it's cheesy as that sounds, but that's what you are. Exactly, you're organic. You're having your own emotions. Yeah, you're having your own feelings, the ups, the downs, yeah. and you're rolling with it. Exactly. Congratulations, you're just doing life. Yeah, that's what it is, and we we hide from it. Don't know why, you know. And well, life's gnarly. <coughs> I mean, life is gnarly. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's jacked up. It's like what what life what life is thrown out there, and we come to believe that we have to be. You know, like, how can I say it? Society has this identity for us that we cannot uphold. So if we can't accomplish that, we end up to, we tend to fuck up. And what better way than to kill ourselves in addiction? Yeah. You know, and I, I can't get it. Like, every time I, I'm, I'm on Facebook or any media like that and seeing that every day one of my friends is dying and, and people that I was in treatment with, it's, it sucks because that could be me any day or, or yourself if we choose to go back to the lifestyle, you know, and, and by, for now, like once I get that year, by the grace of God, you know, and I don't mean to scare people off when they say God, you know, it's just, it's so a, that's your gig, you exactly. know, that, that's your own program. What, what <laughs> yeah. I believe is different. What Susie Q or John who or whatever is yeah. listening, they all have their things. You know what? You're down with that. And I, it's good. Have it. Um, listen, we're going to run. I want to get, I got to go do a quick commercial and then I want to get back and I want to talk about what, what's, what would hold you up from year two. I want to talk about being sober for the rest of your life. Um, I want to talk about being sober for the rest of the day. Um, and just kind of getting a little more meat of the bone of that. Um, thanks for joining us, everybody. We're talking with angel right now and he's telling us about his hopes, his experience and the incredible, um, story that he has. And, um, Dude, you're killing it. You really are. You know, I know you're not going to decide until, you know, you're one year, but I think you're going for two. Um, I'm willing to, you know. That's, that's what I feel inside. I'll bet on it. Um, anyways, thanks for joining us. We'll be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the power to create yourself with ross ramin to find out more about ross and the program visit the rebos treatment center website at rebostreatment.com now back to the power to create yourself hi welcome back to the show thanks for joining us uh, we're, we're back here with angel um who is a meth head booze coke <laughs> heroin you name it he was a, an amusement park of <laughs> of other uh, drugs alcohol and now he's organic it's how la of you <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we'll juice it out of us um <laughs> so i we were talking about a year in year of sobriety going on two years of sobriety going on a lifetime you know i i remember i could not picture when i got a year when i get six months i'm like you know i'm going for a year yeah and when I got a year, and she asked me, "Am I going for two? I could. I said yes. And I was like, "Dude, I'm doing it." Um, and, but I couldn't. Three, I'm not going there. <laughs> um, it wasn't until I got. I think it was when I got three years. I I could see myself sober for twenty. Mm. Twenty years. That's it. So. I'm in my mid thirties and I've got three years of sobriety. And I remember the day I'm like, so it was like to see, I was like, I couldn't imagine me not, you know, being sober. And, and just like you, I used to say to myself, you know what? All that's drugs will be there. Coke will always be there. Exactly. The booze will always be there. Budweiser literally has not <laughs> changed its ingredients Same can. <laughs> for a hundred and God knows how many years. Exactly. Okay. There will always be girls at the club in a black tiny dress. Yeah. Guaranteed. The music is the same music that's been playing since the 70s, but they changed the backbeats around, you know, <laughs> it, but it's all coming back. Exactly. It's all the same. It's thing. it's like being recycled constantly. So, you know, weed will always be there. We'll just be stronger, you know, just like, you know, weed wasn't the way it was in the 80s. Yeah. It's, it's crazy now. And if, if people think weed is organic, <laughs> it ain't. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people tell me that. When the people are like, well, it's weed. It's from the earth. I'm like, so is heroin. Exactly. Okay. They've been fighting wars about heroin. So it's like, <laughs> don't give me that bullshit anyway so going into year two for you what do you do you see the old angel pop up anymore during the day um to be honest uh i do i'm not gonna lie yeah good because i'd call you a liar if you said (laughs) no when do you see the old angel pop up is it are you at certain places? Are you dealing with certain type of people? Um, I guarantee you it doesn't pop up when you're by yourself in the bathroom. No, not at all. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's more of like when I'm around certain people and it reminds me of myself. Mm. Or not myself. Your old self. Exactly. You know, my old self. And it brings those memories that I don't want to erase, but I want to keep in the back. 
and and remind myself when it's the right time of, of those things that I've been through. Do you keep the memories to use them or to use them to know what you don't want to be? I use them to reflect on what I was uh-huh. and reflect them on what I don't want to be. It's a beautiful thing. You know, and so when now that I'm clean and the old angel pops up, it's more of attitude wise. It's more like angry, being being angry. And there's times like even now with almost a year clean and not getting my ways, like that's where the old angel really shows up. It's like, I'll show you. Like, I'm a great manipulator. I'll get my ways. Yeah, you're a spoiled brat. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> you know. No, the old angel was. Yeah. The new angel, angel you, or I wouldn't call it the new angel, the original angel. Yeah. The, the, the new angel that I say I'm now is the angel that's been there since day one, but I was scared to look at, you know. And um. so when my old self pops up or the person that I, I wasn't that, Deep inside, I knew I really wasn't. Like pops up, it's 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 more of a reminder. Yeah, you know, it's it's like some people say, play the tape, and, and like I used to hate that, but sometimes it's good to replay. Where what do you mean play? Uh, like for the listeners, what do you mean play the tape? Like play the tape through like what happened during your addiction? How low were you? Like you know, it's play the tape forward. Yeah, play, so you know what not to do. Exactly, you know, like stealing from my mother's purse. You know, um. My dad gave me money to go get groceries and I'll get lost for a couple of days. You know, and um, it's things like that, that that remind myself that I don't want to be again. You know, the best way I always tell people when they come into this place and at really anywhere that, you know, and, and I still do it in my, in my day-to-day life. I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. but I know what not to do. And whether you're coming to treatment for your first time or no time. I mean, and you're doing whatever it is in this world. Doesn't matter. Not just getting sober, but anything. Yeah. You know, fifty to ninety percent of your solution already, and that is just the bottom line of you know what not to do. Exactly. I mean, I don't know how to be a great husband, but I know what not to do to be a bad husband, <laughs> which equals out being a pretty damn good husband. Exactly. Because I don't lie to my wife. Yeah. I don't cheat on my wife. You know, I don't steal from her. I always come home when I say I'm going to do because <laughs> I know what not to do. Yeah. Because she's told me, this is what you don't do. Yeah. And so when people always come in and they, they, <laughs> I love when they come in because I, and I love it just because I was the exact same way. Your story is so similar to my story so similar to it um we grew up in totally different circumstances but very similar (laughs) in just the emotional process but exactly people will always come in here you know i I won't be talking as a rehab owner i talk as just a regular dude be like so what do you do how do i fix this ross i don't want to be this i'm like why why don't you write down what you don't want to do in life like Mm. what doesn't work yeah. You know, the type of girl you're dating, the type of dude you're dating. <laughs> what have you been using for the Does, past couple of years? Yeah, your mother at the holidays. You yeah. know, it's like I, I talk to these girls and they're like, my mom's killing me. I'm like, let's see. There's a pattern here. Mm-hmm. There's patterns to all this. No, people are always saying, I just, I don't know what happened. I just started drinking again. I just, Ross, it's the damnedest thing. I just tripped and fell into a big pile of cocaine. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I don't know where it came from. Yeah, I'm like, totally. Just, I totally got <laughs> it. just totally damn popped up. You just happened to be in a nightclub <laughs> with three girls that you would never bring home to your mother. Totally. Yeah. That pile of cocaine just showed up. <laughs> there is a, there's a process that has to happen in order for you to go to your, in order, two bad decisions don't equal a trip to Bangkok. There's a lot of them. I mean, I we always kid about it around here. Me and a couple of the other guys, you know, we're you know one and a half, two bad decisions from a trip to Bangkok. Yeah. Make, us, do, make being really bad and getting really lost. But at the end of the day, this happens over a period of time. It does. And that alone in your first year of sobriety is exhausting because you got to be on your shit every day. Before we met today, what were you doing? Uh, Where'd you a, go? I was about to leave. No, but no. Before we met just now, you went. You went somewhere. You went to a meeting before this, oh, yes. correct? Um, before you, when you asked me to, yeah. to uh, do the show for you, I told you I'll do it, but I gotta go to this meeting first. Uh huh. That starts at twelve, and I'll be back on time. Yeah. You know, so now when I say something, I, I do it. You know, so it felt good to be back and be like, "Yo, Ross, I'm here. I'm, I'm 45 minutes early." <laughs> you know, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. 
you know, now, and th- now that, that we're talking right now, and the thing that crosses my mind right now, like, like why, why did I choose that life? And the only thing that comes up in my mind is like, like I wasn't scared to die. I just didn't know how to live. You know, like I, you weren't scared to die at all. I wasn't like during my addiction, I wanted to die. God, I was I scared. I was scared to take my own life. But there's times I, I, I prayed and I, and I asked, please let me overdose tonight. I don't want to go through this pain anymore. I cannot keep destroying my life and my family. Really? You know, I didn't want to die like that. You know, and it's just... I didn't want him to find me days later. Exactly, yeah. I didn't want him to do that. I was like, this is... I don't want to die this way. I mean, I know it might be. I mean, there was nights when I went out that I literally... This used to be my dad's wedding ring. Mm. And I used to, you know, have it on my on my right hand. Now, I, I'm married, so I, I, use, I use it as my wedding ring. Okay. But I remember going out at night. And I remember trying to go score dope. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I got to go to an area I don't want to go to. It was like in downtown Reno. Okay. And I, I left my ring. I left my watch on the counter. And just in case I never came back, you know, this thing could be a family heirloom. It yeah. would be passed down, um, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I didn't know, but I didn't want to die. I knew I might die. Yeah. But I didn't want to die. I knew I knew more. But the one part, what you just said is, wait, you, I can't remind me. It's like you didn't want to die, but you didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to live. And, and what does that mean? Like, I was scared to live. Like, I. I but what I does knew, that mean? If you don't know how to do it, how are you scared of it? It's because I, all I knew to do in life was to get high. Mm. School, I didn't graduate high school. Yeah, Have you still not yet? Not yet. And now I'm I'm working on my GED. Good for you. You know, um, dude, you got to get that. Yeah, I'm I'm working on that as we speak. You know, I, I got um my workbook and everything for my GED. I'll be taking it at the Santa Monica High School. You know, but the thing that amazes me is like no matter how dark my path was, in 2011, 2010, I chose to go to a, a private college. You know that my father helped me with, and I end up graduating. With almost a four point GPA and a recommendation. How'd you go there without a without a without a high school diploma? Uh, the school was called UEI, mm-hmm. United Institution, United Education Institution. My bad. Mm-hmm. You know, now they didn't need my diploma, mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm gonna take advantage of this, mm-hmm. and I ended up graduating top ones of the school. Recommendations from from the director. Mm-hmm. I have my HIPAA certs, everything in order. You know, and uh, what do you want to be? I wanted to become a surgical assistant in life. So I was taking the steps towards it. But once I accomplished that, I didn't know what to do with it. It's like I accomplished it, but then at the beginning, it meant. You didn't know how to get the job? Yeah, it's more like at the beginning, it meant so much to me. But once I got it, it's like the rest of my life. Once I get certain things in my life, after having it for a bit, I throw it away. You know, I put it. You don't see it through. Exactly. You know, I put it in storage. I'm like, at least I could say I, I did this. You know, so it goes into storage, breaks down, and becomes useless. Exactly. You know, I'm 25 now. That was in 2011. We're 2017, so six years I didn't use it. It's gone. You know, and um, but now I'm back on track with it. And what do you want to do now? Right now, I want to go back to school and uh, go for phlebotomy. I can never say that fucking word. Yeah. You know, and um, eventually it's like my five-year plan. Open up my own practice. You know, so I don't have to worry about having somebody else telling me what to do and I could be my own boss and and all the, the extra money coming in like I could finally help out other people in whatever way I can you know meaning from from like people that, that can't afford certain things helping them out you know it's like no matter if I was a spoiled little brat when I was younger but money never meant nothing to me you know even my in my hardest addiction I I see somebody that's fortunate than me and when I was in my my very low my addiction, like when I say that's fortune, is like as bad as it gets, you know. Like I used to give him my last forty, and and not worry about getting dope because like I knew that I wasn't getting no matter what, and it's just like I prefer to help somebody else. So yeah, and that's one of one of my one of my things that I really hold on to till this day. You know, so when I say that I was scared to live, it's because all I knew and all I know what to do is get high, and by the way I looked, my figure. By the grace of God, I still have all my teeth. Don't know how. 
you know. But the usually, way, when you do math, you lose them pretty quick. Exactly, they fall off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they yeah, come. Yeah. In, it's like candy, left and right, just yeah. falling. You know, so all I knew and all that I thought society taught me was be on the streets, get high, do what you got to do to live and eat. Yeah, and not even eat, just you know. So when it came to actually living my life, I was scared to go out there. I was scared to to suit up and show up and and go and look for a job and go and achieve these things in life because I did not know how to do it. Yeah, you know my like I said, my parents let me do whatever I wanted as far back as I can remember, and like I talked to them about it. I don't regret it. You know, it's just like it's not their fault. We choose our own path. You're a big boy. Yeah, exactly. You're you know? an adult now, man. Yeah. It's your world. Exactly, you know, and, and I'm happy I'm getting this at a young age, man. I just, I, I can't say enough, you know, like, I'm happy I'm not out there getting high. Like, most of these, like, growing and older people out there getting high, I don't even know what they're cutting the drugs with anymore. Like, heroin nowadays, heroin nowadays have so much fentanyl in there, like, it's killing people. You know, they drop like flies. Exactly. They don't even mean to overdose. They're just they're just dying. Exactly. They they don't know what they're getting out there, and it's just all we can do is just pray and hope for the best for everyone. You yeah, know? I you're doing this at 25 is is huge. I I was I was I was a total mess at 25. I couldn't even comp- I tried to get sober at 25, but I you have so much more maturity emotional sobriety maturity than I did at 25. I mean, you do. I'm not just, I'm not saying that to pump you up. It's just a fact. I was a total nightmare. So when, when did you try getting sober or clean up off of drugs? Like when was, how was your first attempt? How, it was uh, a nightmare. No, it went well, but I totally like everything else. We only got a couple, we only got like a minute left, but I, I totally underestimated what needed to be done. I did 80% of what they said. And I thought 80% would be enough. And other times I did 99% of what they told me to do. But once I went through my last time, it was like, if a doctor told me that he got 99% of the cancer out of me, would I feel relieved? Would I feel like I had a shot? I'd be like, no, because that 1% is going to grow. Yeah. And it's going to multiply and I'll be back down to 80%, 70%, 60%, 50%, 40%. i am I'm walking the mile. I'm, walk, I'm a dead man walking. Mm-hmm. So... Listen, Angel, I can't thank you enough for being here today. You're a total stud, man. Um, congratulations. That, man. Keep your eye on the ball and just keep rocking and rolling. Let me know what I can do for you. Thank you. I really appreciate yeah, that. You got it, man. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I really, really appreciate it. Please tune into us next week, next Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, thanks for joining us. Be well. Thank you for joining us this week on The Power to Create Yourself. We hope to have you tune in again next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition with Ross Ramin on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have an enlightening week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.